Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're back with a kind of double review again. We're first going to talk about The Mandalorian Chapter 2, titled The Child. And then we'll do a quick review of The Resistance Season 2, Episode 7, titled The Relic Raiders. Um, but it's been a pretty busy week so far, so I think we're going to talk about a couple of things first, then we'll dive into the episode. Isn't that right, William? Yes, I mean this has been the i think we talked about it in our last episode a couple days ago i mean just evidenced by the fact that we had our last episode what three four days ago but yeah it was um, pretty quick this has oh, been so this has been the most fascinating uh, action-packed week for star wars in a while i mean we had two episodes of the mandalorian um there's a uh, a uh, 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 the, there's books that just came out uh, two weeks ago, uh, uh, Resistance Reborn, uh, Star Wars Force Collector comes out next week, and of course we have Jedi Fallen Order and Resistance. Um, I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order. Steven, have you been, uh, I know you're a big gamer, have you been playing Fallen Order as well? Oh, you know, just every minute I have free time for. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been uh, researching very hard for the podcast, I hear. Uh, I had so much research. It's just, I barely had time to do anything else. Really. You know, I just, <laughs> I really sacrifice for the show. Um, you do, you I do. I'm, I, I don't mean to, you know, humble brag, but it's just, wow. The dedication to bringing quality content is just <laughs> insurmountable. I, I, what do you, what do you, th- I feel like I need to get this game. If you're putting in all that quality content, oh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not a gamer though. It, it is. Okay. Look, uh, this game uh, is I, everything I've ever wanted from a Star Wars game, pretty much. Also, okay. let's preface this. So this will be a no spoiler. We're not reviewing it. We we do want to do a full review. There's yes. some very interesting story beats I know that we'll want to talk about. Um, but this is just the, I like to think of this as, you know, at the end of it, when we do our Womp Rat ratings, we do that quick summary. This is that quick summary of, hey, based on the, you know, five, ten hours, whatever we've managed to put in thus far. Yeah. And, and so far, we have neither Steven nor I have actually finished the game yet. So who knows? It could completely uh, uh, take a turn. You know, but these are uh, our first impressions of Fallen Order. We haven't had a Order. podcast today. I know, I know. Well, yeah, I know. Steven probably would have had the game finished by about, what, uh, maybe midnight tonight? It's, yeah, it's so good. With but, a little bit of time. <laughs> but, I mean, yes. Steven, how, are, you, are you enjoying the game, it sounds it's, like? I am. So... First, the I mean, so for those of you who know what Dark Souls is, it has a it's a much more precise combat system. So where the Force Unleashed was what I'd think of as like a a button masher. You know, you throw your heavy attacks and your light attacks. You just go crazy and go, uh, you know, just do whatever. Uh, this game does. It does not work that way. Mm-hmm. It is much more precise. It's parrying, dodging, getting strikes in when you get the chance. It's a much more tactical game, which is a lot of fun. You can try to rush um, it, note, but I found that it's it can be a little difficult if you sorry, just try to rush through the combat. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I went to one of the like when, when the game starts. There are two planets. You can one of them has your objective, and the other is you can just go there. Um, <clears throat> and I went there, and I'm now realizing that planet was meant to be played later in the game. Um, <laughs> so you jumped there a little too uh, quick. I jumped there too quick and I was finding some stuff that was not going well and 
the game has a system where you kind of unlock these meditation points as you go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you die, you go back to the next meditation point. And whenever you re- die, all the enemies respawn as well. And I got far enough out. I'm like, I don't know if I can get back. Like, it was a fight to get out here, and I barely did it <laughs> after, like, five or wow. six tries. Um, I had a couple I of those. I mean, but it, it is a difficult game, for sure. Yeah. So so far, I um, wish it had a couple, like, fast travel between meditation points. But, like, that's really my only gripe with it. Uh, the, the game combines... I love a good game, a game with a good story, and I yeah, love. Yeah, this is the first Star Wars single player, like only single player game, I should say. In, oh man, what? Somebody, I think the last one was the Force Unleashed two. Yeah, I think somebody said it was yeah. like 10, 10 plus years or something before it's for yeah, a game I, like this. We had uh, Battlefront two had a, had a had a great story. I think technically the campaign was was very it was good. It wasn't outstanding. Uh, yeah. The older public, uh, again, you know, love Bioware storytelling, but it's more of an MMO than a classic Kotar. This game, like, if I was gonna summarize it, take take like the old Jedi Knight games, mm-hmm. blended with like, you know, uh, uh, like Tomb Raider and Uncharted, like the exploration and platforming, and like yep. puzzles of Tomb Raider and Uncharted, crossed with. Uh, a little bit of, like the Force Unleashed, crossed with Dark Souls combat, crossed with, um, uh, basically take all so, my favorite so it's games. a blend. It's a blending of of different different game genres. Yes. to come up with this it, one game. And Star Wars video yeah. games always work best when they blend of a bunch of different genres together, or, or take existing like game mechanics that work well and just put a Star Wars mm-hmm. spin on it. And it's so good. It is so good and is everything I've ever wanted from a Star Wars single player game. Yeah. I love it. It's we'll do our full review later. It's yeah. but my initial impression is as long as you're not turned off by a game with Dark Souls like combat where it's much tougher to play, um, you know, this is not Lego Star Wars basically. Oh, as man, long as it's so not that, I know. Well, there is a out. story mode though that that tones down the uh, difficulty. So if you want to play and your 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 worried about it i wouldn't say the combat's extremely challenging you just need to take your time admittedly Um, i have been playing on uh i think it's the jedi master difficulty uh, i think so it's it's one up from normal um so that may be skewing my perception a little bit but the important part is you know it's it's very very good yeah and and as, as steven alluded to you can uh the the story is it's very cinematic uh mm-hmm. and uh, and a, a great story but there's the ability to travel to different planets at different times and go back to different planets because as you unlock new abilities metroidvania style mm-hmm. yep. so uh it, it there's a lot of flexibility in how you tackle the game and, and the order you go in but uh it's just it's really good it's hi- highly recommended right now uh, mm. I, if you if you like Star Wars, if you like video games, unquestionably go go play Jedi Fallen Order. It is it is probably one of my top. It's probably in my one of my top two favorite games of the year. And I play. I tend to play a lot of games, and it and Control. I think I are my say, two that's favorites. High praise for William. Yeah. Wow. It's really good, and I've been hearing that from a lot of other people as well, uh, especially in, like in the gaming press. Uh, so a lot of people are saying this is potentially a game of the year contender. So go play it. I'm excited. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, it's it's that good, and uh, Respawn knows what they're doing, and it's so good. So we, we've needed this, guys. We've needed this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 
But you know what else we needed? We're supposed the to man- talk about the Mandalorian, Mandalorian season two. two. Uh, sorry, episode two, chapter two. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, so so good. Tom, you want to give everyone the description of this episode? episode? It's a part two, so we're going to be reviewing season one, episode two, chapter two, the child. That's what you're getting at, right, William? Yes. Yeah. It's actually okay. If you'll notice, it's the first episode, the first chapter, whatever you want to call it. It's, they call it an episode, but it, they also title it chapters. Anyway. Yeah, they're chapters. It's the first one to have a subtitle, though. The child. First, well, the first episode, true. the first installment was just chapter one. This is now chapter two, colon, the child. Interesting. And this one, the coolest thing about it was, it was written by, it was written by John Favreau, but it was directed by Rick. Okay, you're going to have to help me with the last name. Fam, yeah, Famuyiwa, I would assume. Yeah. Okay. So Rick, Rick Famuyiwa, yeah, is the director of the episode. And in this one, with target in hand, the Mandalorian now must must now contend with scavengers which mm. is a it, it, it kind of um i don't know if undersells the or downplays the the episode a little bit it uh, does but here here's my question for you for both of you yeah what planet do you think this takes place on because Armala i have Seven. a feeling unless there are other places because well uh, do We've never said this before. We are doing full spoiler on this, right? Because the first episode... Of course we are. Of course. Okay, so as, we, as, we, as we always do. Yeah, okay. Unless otherwise Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Um, so, no, what got me in this is you're watching the episode and all of a sudden there's Jawas here. I'm like, is this Tatooine or do Jawas travel? That's the biggest thing. You know, you know it's funny. I've seen a lot of speculation about this um, online and in the community. Because yes, what are you it's talking a, about? The online doesn't speculate. It's a oh, they oh never god do. no. Uh, it's it's a desert planet, uh, right. With moisture evaporators and you know, kind of similar architecture to Tatooine and Jawas and sand crawlers, but it is not Tatooine. Um, as are, revealed, are we sure? It, it is. Yeah. Uh, the episode uh, there was no episode guy, but the Star Wars dot com databank. Uh, calls it Arvala Seven. Uh, okay, and interesting. So yeah, that is it is it is a so Tatooine-like the- planet, not dissimilar to Jakku or Pasana or whatever. There's lots. So of this is planets. a different colony of Jawas on that planet. Yeah, and it does bring the question. You know, okay. the question like, are, are do do Jawas only live on Tatooine, or do they travel around the galaxy, uh, or just different? You know, like we see all other species are all over the galaxy why why would we have different jawas and they just well, that's the other thing because wasn't there there was two books in which they did have the jawa that traveled what was the one that had all the the major stories that had that one story about the jawa that wanted to get off the From planet a certain point of view i believe okay that was one and then there was one in which a jawa i think was a code slicer <clears throat> it was one of the what was that book it's been a while since I read it. I can't remember. I know it, it, we. It's funny because yeah. th- there's an internal thing that a bunch of us are on, and and we're talking about you know species and things w- within this this internal um, chat group of at work, and and I'm like the amount of content that we all know within this thing, our heads would be so big we wouldn't be able to walk through doors. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The yeah. the interesting thing about this episode, uh, before we dive in, into these specifics, is that. It's a much smaller self-contained story uh, as opposed to chapter one. In chapter one, we saw multiple planets, most of which were unnamed, multiple characters. Um, 
this one they really don't introduce aside from the jawas they don't introduce any new uh major characters um, well, chapter one is an intro too it is it is well, and again this is not a this is not a criticism it's just a it's a different style of, of episode um the it's also a shorter episode at 33 minutes um as opposed to the 38 from the previous episode um but it was just i thought it was still absolutely fantastic you know even being a smaller episode with a smaller scope fewer number of planets uh, it was just so well done Absolutely. I mean, the episode picks up pretty much exactly where episode one left off. Like, the Mandalorian has retrieved uh, the child, um, as he's obviously called based on the title of the episode, and is just... A 50-year-old child? Wow. Hey, hey. Yeah, look, it's all relative. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and is now on his way back, uh, presumably to his ship. I mean... Unfortunately, the blurg that he wrote in is, I guess, got scared off. So he's got to got to do it the old-fashioned way, which is slowly walking through the desert. Which really, really gives that Western feel to it as he's just walking mm-hmm. with the child hovering next to him in his little his little capsule. Now, are we considering that his capsule, his egg, his bassinet? I kind of thought it was like a, a hover stroller. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's kind of how I took okay. it, too. Right, Which is kind of cool. Like I, 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 I'm guessing it's controlled by the Mandalorian and not by. Um, <clears throat> oh, it is. And not later on. Go ahead, Stephen. Okay. So at the very end of the episode, he gets in his ship and they fly off. Um, you see him use one gauntlet to presumably like type in a command to the the hover stroller, right. and then the, with the other one, he actually points at the chair to like give it a location to move to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that detail. That's incredible. Oh, it's a it's a really cool thing. It's like up. Uh, it's the input in one arm is the uh, like move to command, and then point and designate a location. Um, like I feel like he actually does it throughout the episode a couple of different times. That was just the one yeah. I remember most distinctly. But it's just <laughs> so it's basically it's a like detail. a Sphero force band. It's, it's all it's all just subtle. It was all done <laughs> yes, subtly. Exactly. Yeah, the Mandalorian has a connect built into his helmet, <laughs> and the Sphero Force Band, where you can you know tell <laughs> you, know, you put the thing on your wrist and tell BB-8 to roll over to the corner. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nobody puts but, BB-8 in the corner. Sorry, but uh, yeah, nice. Uh, it is. It's interesting though because we actually got to see. I, I missed that part at the end. There's one scene early uh, in the middle where the Mandalorian moves the um, uh, the hover stroller out of the way. Um, of the uh, the mudhorn, and then I guess when there's the whole sandcrawler scene, it must be on like auto follow or, or, or whatnot. But it's really yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool tech. Uh, and man, the the Yoda like baby. There's really no way to no good name for this this character. The asset, the the baby, the, the child. child. Um, the the way the child is just animated and shot and it's just everything is incredible like, you know what i find the cutest uh, finish william finish, the cutest finish. thing you've ever seen i can't tell you how many people i've heard talking even people who are not watching the show are talking about the quote-unquote yoda baby mm-hmm. yep it, what i find what i love is when you see him in his little hover stroller and his arms are like out to the side like he's holding on to the side of it uh-huh. just like I'm cruising along. This is cool. I'm just cruising along watching the world go by. This is really cool. 
And and I'm like, that's just so neat. Mm-hmm. All the little that, looks and yeah, because it's an animatronic, right? It's not. It doesn't seem to be CGI. However, it's done. I just love how everything is done so slowly. It's not mm-hmm. deliberate movements. It's and and in some cases you can see I think like a little bit of I, I wouldn't say like a smoothness to it, but there's a little bit of like movement to it as something is moving. But the subtlety in this baby Yoda is just amazing. And I, I wonder, you know, maybe we can um I don't know, like I think it's a testament to the to the to the to the CG and to or the, the animatronic department because I can't really tell what it is. Uh, but it looks incredible. Like it's it's adorable. Yeah, no, they, it, it's it, it it looks incredible. The auction, all the ships and all the oh yeah CG are just like they're better than some many movies. They they put a lot of time into the stuff for being a first episode on a streaming network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this well other than the High School Musical stuff, but for an actual sci-fi show, the amount of time and effort they've put into it. It's a lot, and it really shows. I, and, and there are even like absolutely gorgeous shots where I just I stared at the episode. And I was like, "Wow, I need this as my desktop background." It mm-hmm. is just beautiful. Uh, like when the Mandalorian is walking through the desert and the sun's behind him, and mm-hmm. oh, it, it, the the cinematography of yeah. I mean, it, this was during the first episode too, but it's just I oh man. It might be better than the movies. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, somehow I at least feel like there are more amazingly cinematic moments packed into like this half hour episode of Mandalorian than like not that episode eight or seven didn't have you know amazing moments too, but like the Mandalorian just they just pop up so quickly. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I really like and and. Whenever the Mandalorian is getting his butt kicked, I think there was a really good shot in here where you see the Basker armor kind of off, but you see it's layered and you see inside the detailing on the underneath of the Basker armor. That's kind of like, since the plating was forward, the second half of it was still on his chest, but all the detail that was inside that was just amazing to see the care they're taking with this show to have that kind of detail. It's just great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've done such an amazing job with it. Yeah. And it's just been fun to see the reception, not just about the, the Yoda B, but, but about the show in general. I mean, heck, I was walking down the hallway at my office today and uh, and just happened to see on the whiteboard someone had wrote Mandalorian equals fire fire emoji. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it was like truth. You know, I, it's like so good. I should have told you this earlier, William. Um, Building 92 apparently has Mandalorian posters right now. Oh, I someone was over there today and brought me back a poster, and it was really, really cool. Ooh, that's amazing. oh, you lucky. Sorry, it's, that's that's awesome. okay. That if, is maybe awesome. if William heads over there tomorrow, I might be able to get you some. Oh, um, hey, that works. We we need to do a swap, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but well, yeah. you know what? The one thing I really enjoyed about this episode, we finally got to see some Trandoshans in this show. Because they ended up attacking the Mandalorian. And at a really interesting point, because I loved how it was just so subtle how he walked into this this canyon or wherever he, he was ambushed. But I just love the subtlety how he was actually reaching for his gun right before everything started to go south. 
Well, you could tell because he, he knew. knew what was going on. You could yeah. tell there was something going on. Great yeah. fights, totally great fight scene. I I loved seeing him with the uh, I don't what is, what is he, his weapon even called? The uh, one it, from the the, the, the rifle it's holiday a, special. Yeah, yeah, it so is like, a Ambin phase. Uh, I a long name. The Ambin phase pulse blaster a or a rifle, as they call it in shorthand. Um, yeah, but just like. Watching him switch between the two different like combat modes, uh, you know, uh, not combat modes, but like switch between melee and blaster was, yeah, yeah. and we got our first so so cool. Oh, uh, it's the, the combat and, and was just amazing, and we got our first um, first ever disintegration too. When uh, oh god, the Mandalorian shoots so the, cool. the the Trandoshan and just poof goes up in a uh, a pile of smoke. <clears throat> so last week. We talked about how this show is apparently PG. It is it still? It's still rated PG. It's really I well, because okay. We, put it this way. I mean, we had disintegrating Jawas. We but how? there was but a brutal no shot. There was no blood. But yeah, yeah. I, I look at it this I'm way. Amazed. Well, I, I look at it this way. It's it's science fiction. If you want to look at it from that point of view, there was no blood. From that point of view, basically all you saw was something disintegrate. So I could see it keep because it's, I could see it be like, you know, uh, maybe a P I th- I've seen this, I think for maybe Battlestar Galactica or, or, or some other sci-fi thing, it would be like a PG 13 for science fiction violence, or let's say a PG for science fiction violence. I kind of distinguishing between my mind. Yeah. But not that I'm but, complaining, mind you, like it was, you know, perfect. I just was, mm-hmm. I'm surprised to hear they Somehow convinced people, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, whoever does ratings, like, oh yeah, but no, but that's not was they're 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 not human, so it's okay, right? No, oh, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. but that would be an interesting thing because since this is not on a network, they don't have to go against broadcast standards and practices. Oh, that's true. But they this, do have it, it does matter. have the official the the PG rating if you go look right. at Disney Plus. Anyway, I was yeah, I, it, there was a lot of uh, a lot more. Uh, violence in this episode and it was almost humorous in some ways too like not in a over the dark humorous humor. way it was more of a yeah dark humor from like the the you know the the mandalorian just zapping the trandoshan and having him disintegrate and then later you know the the mando just taking pot shots at <laughs> jawas or like throwing them off the side of a sand crawler it was uh uh my favorite comment i saw about this episode was like i didn't know i needed to see jawas thrown out of to their deaths from sand crawlers but why not (laughs) i mean look we almost got a replay from indiana jones where the mandalorian was on the side of the sand crawler and here comes that that rock which a great reference it was so cool so why not have a jawa fall i mean you've seen that in indiana jones where they just fall off things and go ah well, not a Jawa in itself in Indiana Jones, but you've seen other people and other bad guys do this. Why not a Jawa? Again, yeah. it was, I loved it. It was not something I ever knew we uh, uh, thought we would see, but it, it's just such a great combat scene with the Mandalorian trying to you know, work his way up the side of the Sandcrawler, getting pelted by uh, all sorts of junk, almost getting taken out by a rock, you know, uh, and then just pulling the 
the job was out of the windows. <laughs> and then of course, like best, the best part, probably the funniest scene of all, he gets to the top and he's like relieved only to discover a giant group of Jawas who stun him and immediately make him fall back yeah. down. Uh, yeah. Ground. That was funny. And, and that's the one thing I'm really liking about the show that there is a good mix of fighting Mm-hmm. But there is just that little bit of comedy in there just thrown in every once in a while. Yeah. Well, also, like, if you look at the character of the Mandalorian, he's not perfect, right? In a lot of oh, the God, no. trailers, it was kind of positioned as he's this, you know, amazing bounty hunter that is perfect. And, or at least, I guess, maybe not trailers, but that was a lot of the perception before the, mm-hmm. the show came out that he was just going to be this, you know, this uh, this guy who kicks butt and unstoppable. Unstoppable, yeah. right? And we, we see a little bit of that. He's quite capable. However, things will often go very wrong for him uh, unintentionally. And, you know, he ends up, like, basically ha- taking care of this kid in, like, the vein of True Grit or other yeah. classic Westerns, right? Mm-hmm. And gets this, this – he has this great dynamic with this this baby, and he wants to be this tough bounty hunter, but you can tell – you know he's he's not always perfect, and deep down he really cares about this this baby. And okay, really, does he or does he care about the bounty? Uh, I mean, that's that's a that's no. a that's a very good question right there. We, I think he does. I think we'll see more of it. Okay, uh, but I think okay. he does care. He, right now, he's trying to pretend he doesn't. Right, right, for sure. That that um, I totally agree with. But Completely but again, like he, he's respect. not perfect, and and that's really fun to see and. I think we we get the first clips glimpse of him like trying to pretend like he doesn't care when he's repairing his uh, his armor later on, mm-hmm. and uh, the 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 Yoda baby like. Walks. And sorry, as a quick side note, yeah, I I love scenes like that. Just watching yeah, you know the armor come apart, seeing like you know I I have no idea what those what it looks like underneath, what the different pieces are supposed to mean, but like it is so cool to see the like. I don't know the the inner workings, I guess, of his armor. Mm-hmm. You know, the like seeing that plate like almost look like it's been bent backwards. Yeah. From you know, well, we can get into that because that that was a point in which he was fighting. Um, what is the name of the beast? He was, beast he was fighting because I think that's the one that oh, caused. Well, let's the not jump ahead yet. Okay, we'll get to the we'll get to the beast. Well, we were almost well, so anyway, there. Sorry, so so anyway. we were talking about yeah, the, go ahead, uh, the baby kind of coming to him right right yeah because because again you know we think he's just when you think like right now i think this is the part of the story i believe where you know the the gruff hero uh is still still trying to act all gruff and 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 tough and so uh he he's not quite ready to show his affection for the baby but deep down it's it's there and he's starting to kind of melt so you're saying Um, if he were to search his feelings he'd know it to be true exactly oh god exactly really you're um, but but I think that that moment is is perf- perfectly exemplified. But when he he's sitting there repairing his armor, right, and the 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 child kind of hops out of the hover. Do we actually we don't even know if it's a boy or a girl. Anyway, the child Just hops out Yoda, of the ho- hover stroller and and kind of like tries to reach out to the Mandalorian, and it's not really quite clear like. Does he want to be picked up? Does it want... Is it trying to use the Force, right? I kind of had a feeling it was trying to use the Force. That was my impression as well. 
Um, you mean trying to that it was trying to heal him? him. Trying yeah. to heal him is that's he, right. That's right. That's right. Because he's at the time he's stitching up his wound. Yeah. Um, and it very much felt to me like he was trying to. He wanted to help heal the wound in some way. I, I think he you're could right. sense the Mandalorians in pain. I think you're right. Uh, yeah. But the Mandalorian doesn't. He thinks maybe he just wants like a be lifted up. Like you know, a lot of kids like oh lift me, you know. And so he puts the 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 baby back in the in the hover stroller, and then the the Yoda baby hops out again, and he puts it back in, hops out again, and it was kind of a hilarious moment. And it was even funnier when the final time it's like the last straw and he just closes the lid on the stroller and again this is him trying to be you know you could see like at first he he almost picked up the child and and instead he's like no i'm gonna be gruff close the close the stroller but i I guarantee you in the next episode or two he will melt and start to oh for sure to love the, the child it is i don't think it's i don't think it's gonna be that quick though i hope it's not gonna be that yeah, I think he already. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody else around here is melting for Baby Yoda. I, I still stand by. I don't want to know a backstory. I'm going to stand by that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there so, right now. So yeah, can we can we talk about the saddest part of this entire episode? Wait a minute, there was a sad part. Oh, Tom, it was just I I died inside. It was just <laughs> awful. I think I know the thing you're talking. We already about. talked about the Jawa being disintegrated. No, 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 that was that was kind of that was that was, was vindication, revengeance, okay. justice. Okay. Uh, so no, the scene where you know he's they've healed it up, he comes back to his ship finally, and the jaw was there, and they've just taken it to pieces. It made me so sad. Oh yeah, that's just, right, they oh. did. Pieces was... are literally everywhere. You can see through the ship where they've removed the hull. It's just. Oh, it kills me. I, yeah. I literally, like, I could feel... No, I agree. Oh, which is funny, because, like, we have this attachment to his ship. I don't even know why. You know, it, I guess it's a cool ship, but seeing all, the, the ship in pieces, I game. was already like, yeah. oh, man, his whole ship, like, it's not going to be the same. Is is it over? I For a second, I actually thought maybe it was over, and they'd spend the entire series on on Arvala 7. Um, it would be just, a funny twist. Yeah, it was it was very sad to see. Uh, it just but, that that hurt me. <laughs> but but the fact that the Mandalorian then starts going and and uh, uh, and blasting Jawas was just in, in well, order to get revenge is just so perfect. He wanted to get the parts of his ship back, yeah. and what would a Mandalorian do? He's not going to really negotiate. Well, on first try, he's not going to negotiate. He's oh, going to sure. go in, blaze a gore, glory, and give me my stuff back. I would. They're Jawas. Absolutely. Well, uh, unfortunately, Jawas get the better of him because. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, after that amazing sandcrawler scene, he uh, basically gets knocked out and has to crawl back to, uh, you know, back, you know, crawl back to the Quill and, and and get some help. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he goes back to the ship again a few minutes later, and it is heartbreaking again to see the ship in like shambles. It's like, there's nothing. All of his weapons are gone. The, like no, there, all the instruments have been stripped. It, that's pretty much nothing left. Yeah. He tries to the engine. Of course, like half the engine is missing. So it doesn't start like, it's funny it's, that he even, oh, he even, a, he, it's funny. He even attempted to try and fix what he had. That's what I found. I found pretty, 
pretty fascinating that he at least tried. Well, he, he I mean, he wants it to work. Yeah, but it's not even space worthy. He can't even get the sucker into space. It's true. There's no side panels. There's yeah. Yeah. I think it's our first time really seeing like what Jawas do when they strip. a Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A vehicle like we've seen them sell parts before, but how do they get them? They just they literally take a perfectly functioning ship and scrap it. Um, They're monsters. Yeah. And you know what? That vehicle that they ride Animals. in must be so big for the amount of stuff they have inside. Because that was a lot of stuff they stripped off of his ship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's got to be huge. And, and it also, because of the amount of Jawas in there, it almost seemed like it was like a little city. Almost like a little, little you know, city on wheels as it was going through the desert. Yep, they're traveling fortress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I am very I'll glad, say, I, So, Steven? So he gets he goes to Quill. Quill tells him, "Well, you know, you're gonna have, we're gonna have to go back and trade," um, and that leads to another very funny sequence. I thought where the Mandalorian and Quill kind of show up and are like, "Okay, let's, let's do the whole trade thing. Mm-hmm. Try to do the whole trade thing." You know, no weapons because makes them uncomfortable. <sighs> yeah, I just find it fascinating that the one thing they wanted was an egg that was just for payment for all his stuff back well they wanted Beskar first well true True. they were willing to explore other options right (laughs) but did they really think he was going to give up his his armor then again their Jawas they they, of course they do they they want parts and stuff they're going to have to try and give it a shot yeah um no I, 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 I I the egg must be a delicacy of of some oh, sort. Uh, Apparently, oh, I, I, I think Ugh. we see yeah. that that it is a delicacy. They're they're obsessed. It's, like it's something. And and also to throw this out there, this was the Nasty. first time we actually got to see Jawas eat, right? Yeah, this first time uh, we yeah. got to see a lot of confirms in the Mandalorian. Jawas do in fact eat. They apparently have a mouth of some kind. Yeah, and it's pretty gross. <laughs> oh yeah, but like. The whole scene, I, I loved all the little scenes of the Jawas. I felt like we got to see, learn so much more about them and, and the dynamic with the Mandalorian. Because as you mentioned, um, you know, the Mandalorian basically has to crawl back to Quill and, you know, ask for his help. And he basically says the only option is to get the parts back from the from the Jawas. Which, by the way, is worth noting, this is the first line of dialogue in the episode. 11 minutes, a third of the way through the episode. Uh, and that didn't so. that didn't bother me at all. No, you didn't even notice. It was like, but it was very silent for the first third. Well, it was, um, it was funny. There was a there was a Batman animated series the same way yeah. in which Batman spent like the first half of the episode tracking down Killer Croc. Worked very well. And same thing with this one. You didn't notice there was no dialogue. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't. But when they do get the dialogue, it's all like gold quill takes the mm-hmm. mandalorian to the jawa sandcrawler and they, they travel all night with this beautiful night travel scene um oh yeah just some of the the, the lines during the scene um like you know <laughs> i'm a mandalorian weapons are part of my religion or <laughs> or great my line so yes good or my personal favorite um uh the the Jawa says, you speak terrible Jawa. You sound like a Wookiee. And the Mandalorian responds, you understand this? It shoots his flamethrower at them. <laughs> Look, oh, Mandalorian 
Marines oh are obviously not known for oh, so uh, diplomacy. So yeah. good. Oh, man. Or a sense of humor. Oh, that was. That I don't was know. Humor. I thought that was. Oh, Jawa humor. Jawa humor. Ah, wow. Yeah. Fair enough. So good. What what I also loved about that is when the Mandalorian was on the sled. It's like, yeah, here I am. I'm being pulled. I'm sitting on a sled. Well, I think you he know, was trying to could... hide behind Quill until they got close enough, I think. Right? Or was that my interpretation? Uh, there was a. I mean, they knew he was there. Yeah. No, Maybe the, it was I, to keep I, them from shooting immediately, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure now. I have to watch it again. I know. Such a such a horrible shame. Yeah. God, you have to watch it one more time. Oh, well. Uh, this is a show worth watching many, many, many times. I mean, mm-hmm. even the little details, like, um, you know, th- there's so many things that you, you might miss on, on your first viewing. Like, for example, uh, in the scene with the, the Trandoshans attacking the Mandalorian, uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, you could actually like when the Mandalorian turns his head and he's like he's listening, hearing something. He turns his head away from the camera, and on the back of his head, if you look closely on the back of his helmet, you can see the Trandoshans jumping across the like the 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 canyon uh, or the the gorge, whatever it is, um, on reflected on his helmet. Oh, that's cool! In, like tiny, that's very cool. Like the attention to detail is just out. Standing, outstanding. Um, yeah, and even the way like it keeps cutting back to the whole episode kept cutting back to the <clears> child <throat> to get you know its reaction, uh, reaction uh, through child. through various scenes and the the, the expressions. Um, it's, it's wonderful. There's so yeah. many great moments on on Twitter too. I've been really trying hard not to like or retweet them just to avoid spoilers. But now that the Disney Plus <clears throat> uh, Twitter account has posted photos of tweeted photos of a baby yoda creature i think we the the gloves are probably off at this point i had, but i got annoyed at someone in my office today someone was like oh, is, it, is it worth watching it you know he's not a big star so i'm like yes yes it is it's not across i was like oh yeah baby yoda is amazing i'm like why would you say that <laughs> right don't oh, spoil him <laughs> oh so good um okay so they uh they get the assignment to go find the egg. And so the Mandalorian and the child and the Jawas travel, uh, to speaking of his, his parenting needs a little bit of work. I don't yeah, know if for bringing that up, <clears throat> bringing your child and bring your child to work day. Maybe not always the best thank idea. You. Well, you know what? It worked well in, um, um, Oh God. What was the, what's the puppet show? That had the stormtrooper that brought his daughter to work day. Oh, oh, oh uh, robot, uh, robot chicken. It worked well in robot chicken. There Did you go. Uh, no, but the honestly, I, I I wondered about that too. I'm like, why is he taking the the child with him to this dangerous, <clears throat> uh, this dangerous fight? The only thing I can think of is he must not trust Quill or the Jawas. Uh, I'm not surprised. Or anybody, because remember he got attacked by Trandoshan. So right. I mean, and ex- notice. The when the Trandoshans, uh, after he defeated the Trandoshans, he found a tracking fob, another yep. tracking fob, just like the one IG Eleven had. So <clears throat> who yeah. knows how many I, other groups of bounty hunters are after the Mandalorian? I mean, that's where I think it's part of the reason I think he is still thinking of you know the child as 
a bounty. Yep. And he's protecting it from, you know, other bounty hunters. Yeah, you'd rather have the bounty with you and in danger than... Mm-hmm. Right. After yeah. all, he doesn't... If the bounty dies, he doesn't get paid anyway, so... Well, I guess he does get paid, technically, but... You know what I mean. If someone else steals it, it's not like it that helps. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'd rather have it dead than alive, I guess. Although I don't... Dead than he... alive with him and with someone else. Yes. Yes. Uh, but eventually, they, they reach... The Mudhorn's Cave. It's like a rhinoceros-like creature, or even like a reek. This whole scene. I, I, really I was going to say it. I thought it looked like a reek to me. Yeah. It, it felt a lot like the Jango Fett versus the reek battle in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, it did. Oh, absolutely. But with a lot of mud, that was the biggest difference. Oh my god, there was, and the hits are so brutal. And yeah. I, 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 one of my favorite things, honestly, that's been the show as far is all the damage and the it all feels real and yep. that like the Mandalorian gets sent flying and you know, he takes two of those hits and he, after each one, he slows down and is not, not effective. And his armor is completely trashed. It's like, like bent and mangled. Yeah. This is what happens when, uh, you know, I don't know how big that beast is. Like two ton rhino smashes into you. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what happens. You, you do not yourself. get, end up having a good day. Yep. And doing that all by yourself, of course you're going to walk away bruised and battered and <laughs> very muddy. Yeah. And he notes that this is only help, you know, hope to get his parts and get off the planet. So he's he's still desperate to to take out the Mudhorn, even when his, his rifle jams and won't fire. And um, and he's, you know, by the end, he's like, as we talked about earlier, that he, he, he could fail, right? And we actually see him basically fail he's injured he's out of breath his armor is mangled he only has his knife left and he even like has this last stand where he kind of dejectedly like holds out the knife in front of him in a last ditch ditch effort to to kill the mudhorn as it charges toward him uh, <clears throat> and we basically see him like this is at his lowest you know oh, yeah. covered he, in mud yeah, he is done at that point yeah yeah like, he was he's gonna get trampled done. it's over goodbye season one like <laughs> that was gonna be it <laughs> yeah until the big moment of the episode uh which i don't think like i don't think surprised anyone necessarily but Not really uh you knew at some point it was going to be coming yeah especially because they hinted at it before but seeing the uh the young yoda baby uh alien uh use the force is still a pretty cool <clears throat> moment you know we gotta come up with a different name than yoda baby it's i call it the child that's the name I, of the episode i, 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 I think, think yoda baby I just rhymes it's... or just sounds great it rolls off the tongue um but yes it is the child Capital okay I, yeah the, the child because yoda, yoda um, baby's like he's 50 years old well, he, he, i know his species can be over a, a 900 years old i know maz kanata is over a thousand um, so th- this maybe you know, 50 years old. Yeah. He's also, still a baby, but sorry. Sorry, Tom. Well, since we're talking That's about okay. it, speaking of which he actually, it actually could be Yoda's baby. Like, you know, I mean, well, who knows? Okay. I, I doubt it. I kind of yeah. hope it isn't. I really hope it isn't. I hope it's like some other alien of the same species, but it could be like, I'm going to go a step further. I hope we don't find out. Thank you. You don't want it to be Yoda and Yadel's child. Yaddle's channel, oh my child. God. 
No. No, please don't. No, I don't. I, yeah, that's still that's alive. the wrong image I want to see. <laughs> I, I don't want to find out. The, at all. Yeah, I don't want to like, find out. Honestly, I kind of hope we don't even get the name for him. Thank you. Like, oh, Thank he you. might he might get a name, or it might get he she get. I don't know if it, what it is. We might get a name for the the child, but we won't get a species name. I, I kind of hope we don't. I I totally agree with you. I I would be happy if uh, I'll say it. The child gets a name, but I don't want to know anything else from that. I would be totally happy with that. Yeah, yeah. But, but what did you guys think? Mm-hmm. That all of a sudden, he, this this child showed force sensitivity or mm-hmm. use of a force that way. But did you guys see that as unexpected as I did? Because I didn't expect it to be. Okay. Oh, so you were, yes, yeah. it took a toll on him. It took a toll on him to use it, but I didn't expect it to be that so far along to do that to the uh, <clears throat> to the beast. I I wasn't. I didn't find it unexpected. Mm-hmm. I did like the, really? the detail of the. <clears throat> the child like basically falling asleep for what looked like probably a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I, I agree the with that the episode. Kind of like a recharge. Yeah. I, I like the idea that, you know, when your lifespan is <clears throat> 900 years or however old, yeah, I guess it was 900 years for Yoda. Yeah. But like, it's probably not a huge surprise that maybe everything just takes a little bit longer. Maybe mm-hmm. they like, maybe it's going to hibernate at some point when it goes to sleep for like, Every day, or you know, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I thought it was cool, but to be that strong in the force and let's say that aware to use it, I think was the thing that got me like, okay, this is cool, but quote unquote this quick. Well, we we know Yoda mm-hmm. has one of the highest midichlorian counts uh-huh. around, second only to Anakin himself, right? Uh, and, okay, so and, I- and we don't know about. Uh, Yaddle, but like the this this species clearly is very very extraordinarily strong in the force, right? Um, and so yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I don't find it surprising. I don't find it surprising okay. at in the slightest. Um, I think it's, I think it was expected to happen. Now the detail of him, uh, the, the the baby being the child mm-hmm. being so exhausted that it fell asleep for the rest of the episode. I thought that was cool. Right, that it yeah. can't really use the force right now, and it was a it was a huge uh, uh, effort on its part. Um, yeah, and the fact that later, uh, neither Quill nor the Mandalorian had any idea what had happened, mm-hmm. and that you know it sounds like they'd never even heard of the force, like, like which was interesting given that it's five years post Return of the Jedi. Like, shouldn't Luke's Jedi Academy be in full swing at this point? Only five years? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but regardless, like, yeah. well, I, Quill obviously didn't know at all. Like, he wasn't he wasn't there. Um, and I I suspect the Mandalorian maybe does know, but is more of a like I don't know. Doesn't either doesn't want to reveal because you know who knows what that what that impact that would have. True. But, it could make the it could make the uh, child more valuable if it's revealed that it's already that strong in the force to use it. So he may not want to do it. I'd find it very surprising if the Mandalorian didn't know about Jedi because if if it is still canon, the Jedi Mandalorian Wars, 
then through the history of the Mandalorian and stories being passed down, they'll know about Jedi. They'll know about the. I form. mean, it is it is canon, right? Because I, isn't there I, the mural in uh, the Clone Wars? Oh, am geez. I remembering that correctly? I have to. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back. William, I believe. Yeah, back. I think that's correct. Back me up here, please. Um, back somebody up. Uh, actually, sorry, I'm going to skip us back a little bit, too. I just remember, again, okay. one of my other favorite parts of the entire episode. While they're riding to the lair of the quill, you know, after the Mandalorian, not the lair of the quill, the qu- lair of the Mudhorn. Um, after they've kind of made their deal, the scene of the Mandalorian sitting in the room with all of the, uh, the yes. Jawas. And yes, watching and him get bump his head constantly. Yes. <laughs> and the Jawas laughing at him for it was classic Just that was perfect. very funny yes totally agree again it's the it's the tiny little details that are just so good yeah so good uh, yeah so the mandalorian returns with the egg and as we kind of said earlier it's like it's apparently egg. the jawas wanted to eat it scrambled that eggs and did they all just chow down wow that it was yeah. i guess kind of gross yeah, Disgusting. I guess it must be a delicacy of some sort, but I just love the Mandalorian's disappointed shake of the head. Like, that's, I almost died for that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just to get my parts back and have to yeah. watch this. But he got it back. He did get yep. it back. And it, I was so happy to see the Razor Crest get repaired. And they worked all night. And, you know, you could argue that maybe it was, um, I don't know, maybe the, this. Arvala seven has very long nights cause they, they got a lot done in one evening, but, um, the mention of disbelief. Yeah. But like it was a, it was nice to see the ship actually get repaired again. Um, it's just such a, such a cool ship and the Mandalorian repairs his own armor. We even got a, a, a unique style of a montage that we haven't really seen before. And in, in star Wars, we get this constant fading between multiple shots, kind of all mm-hmm. of the, all at the same time. It was, it was a true. unique shot for Star Wars. Yeah. I thought it was neat. Yeah. And I think that's that's going to be the fun thing about this show is because of the different directors per episode. It's going to be fun to see the little subtleties between the directors and what kind of touch they're going to put on the episode. Maybe that was the, for this director, that was the thing that he threw the touch on <laughs> that to where this is something that that's kind of like his signature when he does films for a montage. Yeah. That's what he threw here. So the next director... What are they going to throw in to put their little mark on the episode? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And at long last, the ship is repaired. And uh, I think we've probably seen the last of Quill at this point, right? Yeah. You know, he leaves behind not. Arvala. Was, you said it was Arvala 7? Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's they've left Arvala 7. So uh, I, I can't really see Quill joining. A, the Mandalorian even offered him a job and will decline. Oh, that's true. Uh, oh, that's however, right. I, forgot. I love yeah, the scene did. of where he's trying to get like, let me, can I pay you? Mm-hmm. No. Can yeah. I, can I do this for you? No. And he's they're like, you nice like, host. and I, I actually also appreciated the Mandalorian accepting that very quickly too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, well then all I have to offer you is like, thank you. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a, again, an, a good display of his character. Yeah. Quill is such a nice guy. Like he, he just wants to, 
to free his his valley and bring peace to it again and he's willing to do whatever he can to help his his guest um i have to wonder like quill doesn't seem to like he knows that the mandalorian is just going to turn in this baby i i wonder like does he do you think he he knows that the mandalorian probably will not do it like i can't see the mandalorian turning in the child i i I suspect quill can't either because otherwise why would this guy who's otherwise so nice be like Yes, I'm going to help you. We freed the valley. And oh, yeah, go ahead and feel free to kidnap this baby and turn it in either alive or dead for, for money. Like, <laughs> I I don't actually know that. for I'm, I'm not confident of that, William. Mm-hmm. He's, I don't take him as someone who's, <clears throat> I don't know, interested in uh, or caring really that much about the world around him. Like, he, he very much cares about his planet and his neck of the woods. But I don't know that he cares about it much else. Yeah, I kind of agree and with Steven. I think his biggest thing is just the planet. It's, it's not that he doesn't care. It's that he's he's at the point where he no longer cares, I guess. Mm-hmm. he His caring is in the past. And so I'm not, you know, whether he, the Mandalorian turns in the child or not, like, I don't know if it matters to him. It Obviously, the, be like he no prefers skin. to keep the child alive. Like, the Mandalorian's actions make that clear. But beyond that, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess it's hard. Yeah, you could be right. I, I'd like to think that he he cares, but there's no way to... It's, yeah, don't really know. Um, I guess, you know what? We will find out when it gets toward the end of the episode. I mean, end of this chapter. I hope we see him again. Oh, so do I. He is such a cool, cool character. I love his... the Nick Nolte, who voiced him, just does such a great job. Uh, and I I would love to see him again, but okay, we have so many other good characters to come in this in this show. And that's a very interesting question to to ask: Is that Nick Nolte under that all that makeup, or is that an actor? And Nick Nolte is doing the voiceover because if that is an actor underneath that makeup, I swear it's got a Nick Nolte feel to it. It really does, because I can see Nick Nolte in that character funny thing is i actually don't know nick nolte that well so i don't see that i just like, think the way he plays the character is uh-huh look up look up yeah. the movie that the, the better one is 48 hours with eddie murphy yeah i will do that yeah um but yeah yeah i mean with that we are now a quarter of the way done with the mandalorian season one which is hard to believe wow um this 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 episode in particular we talked about the top of the show is is much shorter but the nice thing about disney plus is that it allows them to do episodes that are the right length for the story which is really nice to see you know it's it's not like they're stretching things out just for the heck of it uh you know because like a lot of times with streaming services you find that what would typically be a 42 minute episode on tv ends up being 50 or you know almost 60 minutes long sometimes even more um, it becomes like a you know almost like half a movie, comparatively. Um, the um, uh, uh, you know this they they're okay telling a thirty three minute you know story, and that that includes credits and the previously on. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. it's not that much longer than an episode of Clone Wars if you think about it. It's like you know eight minutes longer, um, but. 
it, it felt and, right. It didn't feel short. And and I think what's helping the show so far is because they can tell the story the way they want to, the pacing does not feel rushed. Yeah. And it also doesn't feel like it's too slow. They've got a really good pacing so far for the show. Oh, yeah. It's they've done such an amazing job with it so far. Yeah. Yeah. So are we up for ratings at this one? Anything yeah. else we need to cover? I I think that's that's pretty much it. <clears throat> yeah, I feel ready. Okay. Uh, William, you go first. He, I, you know, I, I this this episode was a incredible follow up to Chapter One, um, a a story about Jawas stealing a bunch of parts off a ship, running off with them, and then having to get them back is not something I I thought we would you know see necessarily but it worked so incredibly well um i love seeing uh cool again we got some awesome uh fight scenes like the disintegrating jawas and trandoshans is great and we got to see you know trandoshans in a variety of uh styles too which is also uh, uh nice to see after having only just seen bosk um and of course the uh the child just is incredibly cute and steals the show even people who are not watching are just in love with this this character. It's kind of like the new Porgs in some ways. Um, I also like the music. You know, I'm I'm very happy that they're they're doing um, weekly releases of the soundtracks, and I'm really enjoying it. A lot of the a lot of the themes were you know from in chapter two were very similar to the chapter one uh, uh, version, but we got some new music as well, and it's kind of a nice change very unique uh soundtrack so uh overall love the episode uh i'm gonna give it uh i think i'll give it 9.5 uh womp rats out of 10 um just really good really really good uh actually no you know i'm gonna do yeah 9.5 sorry i'm changing my can't keep can't keep straight um and my nine and a half womp rats are going to be tied to the back of a um a mud horn uh, with the, the grappling cable, just like uh, the Mandalorian tried to do. I don't know why, 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 why do Mandalorians try to use that grappling hook on creatures and, other, <laughs> you know, uh, and other, other things. Um, Cause it looks cool. It yeah. looks cool, but it always it's fails. They always get cool. dragged along the ground. Always. Uh, I, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, but but they they have to. One of these days, it's gonna work. They're like, let me one shoot this thing and then get, get dragged, dragged along the ground. <laughs> yeah, one of but, these days, it's not. They're not gonna get dragged. Well, that's what they're hoping what for. One could hope, but my nine and a half wamprats will be dragged along the ground. Um, and uh, that's that. Very nice. Okay. Um, I'll go next. Love this episode. I think I've said enough through this to kind of give you the the, uh, the episode. So I am going to rate this one a nine. Um, it's kind of hard to sit here and not give it anything lower. And, and y- I just don't want to start giving all these episodes 10 right off the bat because there is still so much content coming from this show. But I've got to give this episode a nine. I am taking my nine Womp Rats. And the one thing you were not aware of is and the Jawas knew this originally they found nine womp rats that were crazy enough 
to try and get that egg for them. And it just so happened the Mandalorian came around at the right time because those nine Womp Rats didn't make it. The Womp Rats promised they would do it, but they didn't make it back. So my nine Womp Rats basically, well, you can get the idea of what happened to them. Poor, poor Womp Rats. Yeah. Yeah, the Mandalorian wasn't there fast enough to save them. So, oh well. Okay, so I think I'm going to have to go with nine and a half Womp Rats for me. Um, this did everything I think I want the second episode of a new series to do. You know, the first episode spends a lot of time, here are your characters, here's some of the locations, here's motivation. And this episode kind of just breathes, I guess. Like, it, it moves things forward. It tells an interesting kind of mini-contained story in the context of the larger story. It's just... <clears throat> it really did do everything that I, I would have wanted to do. Um, again, a, a, an awesome mix of uh, humor and kind of, you know, seriousness. And honestly, the only thing I think it I was disappointed by is the episode ended too soon. Um, he gets off into space and then the episode ends and I'm just like, I, but I wanted more. Why was there not more? Uh, so, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to go with. Um and let's see, with my nine and a half Womp Rats, well, you guys you guys remember episode two, Attack of the Clones, right? Oh, how could I not remember? Yeah. It? So do you remember the scene where Anakin is confessing to Padme how he, you know, yep. slaughtered the Tusken Raiders? Yeah, I do. Killed them like animals. Um, so these nine and a half uh, Womp Rats and I, well, we were very upset to see the Razor Crest taken apart. And we went on a spree, the likes of which has not been seen since the Mandalorian crawled Anakin the Skywalker slaughtered Tusken Raiders like animals. Wow. And uh, this time, Jawas were on the receiving end. And yes, that is far beyond our PG rating that this episode received. Uh, but I was deeply hurt as the Jawas were deeply hurt by the betrayal of these Jawas. Nice. And on that happy note... <laughs> On that happy note, we're going to transition over to Star Wars Resistance. I don't we, know why. I thought you were going to make a pun on resist. Like, we're going to move over to the resist. I don't know. I thought resistance and transition. No, was no, a pun no, somehow. Stephen. I resisted that pun. Um, oh, okay. oh, God. The, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so we're also talking anyway. Resistance Season 2, Episode 7, The Relic Raiders. This was written by Brandon Amon and directed by Brad Rao. When Kaz and the team arrive on a mysterious planet to buy supplies, they find the outpost has been abandoned and a secret Sith temple has been raised. Um, this was a... I, I actually really enjoyed this episode. Um, it wasn't perfect, but... Um, no. I, I think it introduced a lot of really exciting concepts. Tom? Okay, it, it did, but is it a little bit too late since this is basically the final season of the show no because the concepts can always be used elsewhere in star wars well that's true no okay good point in that one yeah. good point point. and okay. i mean and think about how many things that got minor mentions or were very brief in like the clone wars or even rebels are now seeing payoffs in other parts of the you know the franchise so yeah that's true too and i think this will actually have a this episode will actually have a much bigger impact on 
the uh, the the saga than we are expecting. Uh, the episode guide for this episode notes so you know Sith artifacts play a, a major role in this episode, which we'll touch on a little bit. But the episode guide said, says that Sith artifacts, ancient writing, and Kylo Ren's pursuit of such artifacts, such secrets, sorry, all factor into upcoming Star Wars storytelling, which can only be the rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So Very true. Okay. There is a, a big connection here, which is uh, exciting to see. Um, but but yeah, I mean, they, they, they travel to this new planet, Ashes Re. Uh, which appeared in uh, new. It's new to the to Resistance, but it actually appeared in Tales from the Jedi from West End Games, the old uh, source book. Oh, yeah. To get and they 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 That's travel there. Cool. Kaz, Tora, CB, and and Freya travel there to get supplies. Su- supplies and are they're secretly joined by Kel and uh, Isla. Uh, the the, yeah, the they did get a surprise, Tahar. didn't they? They they did. They did. There you go. Uh, they did. Um, and basically, okay. long story short, they find a Sith. They find an, a temple of the Force underneath which lies a Sith temple with some artifacts. Okay, I do have one really, really quick question. When it comes to the two, the two kids, Kel and Ella, did I hear Kaz correctly asking them why you guys? Why don't why didn't you guys stay in the engineering section? Now, if the Colossus basically is now on the run in space, don't you think it's safe for those kids to get out in the engineering section and start, you know, getting and being able to walk around freely? I I, I mean, I got the impression that they can now, like they have new clothes and everything. Maybe I miss. <clears throat> okay, because I, yeah. I then I must have read that thing wrong because I I. Because really, we haven't seen them until this episode. They all of a sudden just appear out of nowhere, going, "Hi, we're gonna start. We're gonna come there with you because we haven't, we haven't seen trees, birds, this, that. We want to come." Uh, with you. I'm assuming it was kind of a little bit of there's there wasn't any purpose in having them around thus far. Like they don't. A lot of the episodes have really revolved around repairing the ship or right. you know going into dangerous situations, whatever it might have been. And they're not, you know, you don't bring kids into those types of things usually. Yeah, but you can so happened it, this episode, they ended up kind of almost in a dangerous situation because well, they, they didn't down, know at the time, Tom. That's true, but when they did get down there to the planet, like any little kid, they followed these little glowy butterflies. The Parvanoth. Yes, which were very interesting, but what did those little butterflies do? Lead them into trouble. When Kaz told them to stay where they were at, they ended up finding this temple. And Kaz, naturally being Kaz, had to go follow him. That's what Kaz does. It is. Although, Although I, I, I... Sorry? He was pleasantly competent this episode, I thought. Uh, <laughs> Kaz review, pleasantly competent. Uh, no, I actually, I, I agree with you. Um, I feel like he was... He A lot of the mistakes were... Uh, that he made in this episode were not necessarily his fault. Like true, he he Don't accidentally tripped a few down. traps because he didn't listen to uh, Mika. But like, who would listen to a crazy lady like that? Um, That's where we're introduced to her is in the temple, Mika Gray. Yeah, but like overall, I felt like he was again. I feel like Kaz is on a better traje- trajectory, which is which is really nice. Um, one Stand there a little quicker for my taste. He's getting yeah. there, but a little quicker. I, I agree. I agree. One really fascinating point though was that. 
they're they're talking about this this temple of the force, and I'd love to learn more about what these mysterious temples of the force are. Like what what is that, right? Um, because it's not a Jedi temple. It's a, it's a it's more of a generic temple of the force that these these villagers <clears throat> on Ashes Re um, constructed, and and it was built on top of a, a former Sith temple as a as a way to kind of purify or uh, suppress that that darkness. Um, mm-hmm. But on their way down, Kaz says something that I thought was incredibly interesting, given that he's part of the Resistance, and that's that. He ne- he has never believed in the force of the Jedi. That is very true. I did find that kind of like what? Yeah, uh, that actually doesn't surprise me as much. Really? Okay, why? I mean, so <clears throat> even in kind of the uh, episode seven, eight, like actually, I should say, how, at what point in time are there lots of Jedi? Even Luke's academy, which is just getting started, when it all gets destroyed, like it's not a very <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not a very well-known thing, mm-hmm. so I I can very much see the Jedi being seen as kind of a religion at this point, and that like oh yeah, like certainly if someone says like may the Force be with you, you're like oh yeah, thank you. Like you know, it's kind oh, of that's true. You know, it's like having people say like you know God bless or whatever it might be. Like you know, you mm-hmm. can uh, even for people who aren't necessarily believers, they understand the the sentiment behind it. Right. And so I, I can very much see Kaz being kind of in that vein of like oh yeah, like I mean. The, what proof do I have that the Jedi have existed? Yeah, and I guess we like, have to especially in his lifetime. Like, yeah, there have been yeah, no and, Jedi really for two or three lifetimes. And I guess right. you're right. We and, have and to for remember him. It's that... probably all lore. It's well, all legends and lore for him right now. So. Yeah, and at well, that point, like, totally they, Finn and Rey, even they they had also no. thought it was a legend, um, right? Or or myths at least until they met Han and then Luke. And that was only weeks, days before this episode. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it makes sense. But I would have thought at least the resistance would have been like keeping that alive. But, um, well, again, I, I, that's the thing is the resistance are, but it's, <clears throat> I can see, especially Kaz being from like Hosnian, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, Hosnian Prime, which I imagine is a very kind of cosmopol- cosmopolitan kind of environment. Like, I don't know. They it may not be a a big thing there. No, like yeah, no, that could be true. And it, it's would, not so much a, suspre- a, a, a suppression of anything about the Jedi. It's just that to them, it's not something they would deal on a da- deal with on a daily basis, like you know, Coruscant back with the Old Republic, because they were more prominent. Hosnian Prime, there probably was no temple on. Halsey and Prime, there was no Jedi around. And that would be the legends and lore and all that when it comes to the Jedi. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It, it's too bad, for sure. But yeah. I'm, I'm not overly surprised by it, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. But e- either way, it, 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 I thought it was a fascinating comment. And he, it puts him in the more of like the Han Solo type of character where he doesn't believe in the Force. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and throughout this episode, I don't, he doesn't really necessarily get any confirmation um, that the force exists, but we do get a, almost like a Indiana, like we mentioned Indiana Jones in, the, in our review of the Mandalorian. There's almost like an Indiana Jones style uh, sequence here where they, they're mm-hmm. kind of raiding this, 
this Jedi and Sith temple and there's all sorts of traps and um, even the style of the the Sith temple I, I just need to call out for a moment is very cool and it has this black triangular shape not dissimilar to um, the Sith temple in uh, in Star Wars Rebels that like Ahsoka walks mm. Yeah, you know, we see her walking out of, uh, which is just uh, very, very cool from a visual standpoint. But there's all sorts of traps, and you know, naturally, Kaz and CB get separated from Kel and Isla, and uh, you know, Kaz, Kaz, and this one I guess is less his fault. Like he gets he he steps on a trap and gets electrocuted, and that kind of makes him go crazy. Uh, the electrocution, and he's basically like kind of like he, drunk he's, he's, he's kind of like a zombie-ish thing but but yeah. remember mika gray told him at one point stay in that corner and do not move and what did he do he did move right, right would when you they were trust a crazy get, lady right, right when they're pardon would you trust a crazy lady who's been underground well, for a while of course not no but but if somebody were to tell me you know i'm gonna go get the idol stay there mm-hmm. okay I would I would stay there. I would not trip something to where it ends up making the room spin and spin with so much force you're thrown against the wall and not being able to move and and at the same time you've got all these other things spinning and raising up to you to where you're going to get yourself sliced in half. Mm-hmm. I'd believe a lady. I would move. He didn't know it was going to happen until it till it did. But, I, I know, but, yes, but he still. did. He did. Uh, he did mess up. I just feel like he's at least these are more honest mistakes. Like he moved when he wasn't supposed to, rather than like he made a stupid mistake, a stupid decision. Yeah, a, a comedic thing. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that the 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 trap was very visually interesting, and you know, eventually uh, Isla and Kaz had to be the ones to. Sorry, Isla and Kel had to be the ones to. Uh, press the the correct sequence of hieroglyphics on the walls to deactivate the trap, which, by the way, if you look closely, was the Sith symbol. Yep, fascinating. Yeah, I did not catch that. Yeah, I I have a feeling wasn't it called out by the Sith symbol? I think I think Mika Gray did say that. If if I misunderstood that, could be the case. But yeah, there were two Sith symbols, and then there was another symbol that was not. <sighs> How would you describe it, William? Because it didn't look like the two that had to be pressed to stop the room. There were a couple different ones. Like there were the Sith symbols, and then throughout the room, there were also hieroglyphics of a fish and a snake, with I believe right. a fish representing the the light side and a snake representing the dark. Uh, it's the whole bunch of different hieroglyphics. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of a cool temple, and I don't. It's not really clear, um, you know, why the like all the mechanics of why it was still there, why the artifact was there, why it hadn't been you know, removed by the Jedi when they tried to cleanse the place. But all we know is that Mika somehow managed to effectively break inside the temple and raise it uh, above the ground again, causing mm-hmm. all the villagers to, to flee thinking that evil was being unleashed. Uh, but speaking of Mika, Mika Gray, uh, played by 2D Roche, uh, what did you think of her, Tom? <clears throat> I liked her. It was very uh, Laura Croftish kind of cross between Indiana Jones type character. The question is, and I understand that again, full spoiler, 
she's basically going around looking for Sith or Jedi, let's say, quote unquote, weapons that the First Order is trying to find. And she's trying to make sure that they don't, the First Order gets to them first. And this was one of them that she found within this temple, mm-hmm. which come to play, it, it plays a part later. Um, the interesting thing is if she were to do that, where is she putting them? What connection does she have to them? And and she did explain to the kids, because I didn't want the kids ask her if she's a force user mm-hmm. or was she connected to the force. She gave a good explanation. I don't think she's a force user. I don't think she's like uh, Chirrut Emway, uh, the Guardians of the Will. But it'll be interesting to see more of her backstory going forward. <laughs> I don't think she means anybody harm. But I think she's the kind of person to where harm's going to follow her wherever she goes. Case in point, First Order Stormtroopers followed her to the planet. Yeah. To, to me, she, she almost felt like a, a Asajj Ventress type of character. In fact, like her voice kind of reminded me of Asajj. And uh, later, I, as I was watching the episode, I was like, she kind of reminds me of Asajj Ventress. And then when I read the episode guide this morning, I actually said that Ventress was indeed an inspiration for her. Um, hmm. But di- di- slightly different style, though. But she, yeah, she's basically right. this like archaeologist who's searching the galaxy for these artifacts. And uh, in fact, when she meets Kaz for the first time, she thinks he might be a spy or be working for the First Order, which, uh, haha. Um, he doesn't actually know how to respond to that because he True. is sort of a spy, if a, if a bad one. I don't know if he's a spy anymore, though, right? It's kind of no, but he still stumbles over his words, like uh, um, uh, you no, know, but yes, but no. Um, I I think my favorite line from her though is when she told Kaz, "You're the kind who talks too much and knows too little." Yep, that was a great line. It's gold. Summarized him very well. Um, and of course, Kaz trips. The trap uh, again, uh, <clears throat> causing the the entire temple to collapse on itself, and, and they escape just in time. Um, but this all this episode also introduced a, a another fascinating concept, and that's Agent uh, uh, First Order Agent Wraith, played by Tom Taylorson, and the uh, First Order Raider Stormtroopers. Uh, they were cool. They're very cool, and this is a yeah. Brand, they're very cool. I, I think we've heard much about this concept <clears throat> in in other medium as of yet Maybe first time i remember saying it yeah uh but it's this these 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 stormtroopers who go around and basically are in charge of uh collect hunting down relics for the first order and they're the ones who've been chasing mika for a while and uh i just thought it's a fascinating concept which as we talked about earlier most likely will play into the rise of Skywalker and they've got some some cool cool armor yeah that was the one thing that was really cool but it appears cool armor doesn't stand a chance to the relic once it's used to actually save them from the first order she didn't want to do it but um, she actually had to open the open the thing up and tell them to get back inside the temple before she threw it so it could actually save them and kind of shock the um, the yeah. stormtroopers. Ark of the Covenant style, almost. Yeah, yeah, Where, very you know, Ark of the Covenant style, especially when it's out there and radiated from the center like that explosion yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very cool. Yeah, I wonder though, like, what's is that? What's the point of the relic? Is it just a weapon, or is it something else? It's interesting because how she used it was almost like a like like a standard hand grenade. 
yeah. in a way, more powerful than a standard hand grenade. But <clears throat> that's a very interesting thing. Was there a second use to it? Because once it was used, didn't you see her kind of like take the thing and throw it over her shoulder? Like, eh, it's not worth anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then she immediately threw it away. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to learn more about these relics. And I, I, I thought that was the most interesting aspect of this, this episode is the fact that we got to see, you know, these Sith temples with these mysterious relics that the first order clearly wants. And mm-hmm. this new character, Mika is trying to play keep away with, um, it's just a it's a really cool concept and in the end she actually decides to join kaz on the colossus so i suspect i'll be seeing a bit more about her mm. uh, and i wonder like do you think relic hunting will become a larger focus on this the 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 last half the last season for resistance or i would imagine it's gonna have to because the reason why she had to join them on the colossus is because the first order found her ship and blown it up so I, I don't know if they'll search for more relics. Though. I expect that more to be um, maybe a tie-in to Rise of Skywalker, and then if I had to guess, maybe something we'll see immediately post. Um, it's something we actually got in the old expanded universe of kind of Luke doing a bunch of Jedi relic hunting in the expanded mm-hmm. universe. That was kind of his the first phase of things, and I wonder if we'll see. <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> a similar set of stories maybe about Rey post Rise of Skywalker. And then all the kind of temples and relics are kind of a good setup for that. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like at this point, this storyline can go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, well, I, it's, it, I, I worry though. It's almost still too open at this, at this point. Like uh, this one was interesting. Cause you know, they went down for supplies and it was really like, we hardly talked about Torah and Freya who were in this episode and they got captured by agent Wraith and, had to be freed and that was about it like they were not really a a a major player in in this episode um Mm. but like the whole point is they went down here for supplies from this from this uh city um but yeah i mean i i think the supplies is just it's the excuse to start every episode basically it's the it was the mcguffin off yeah to get them off the the colossus again like i kind of feel like the season is buying time until we get to tam and kind of the whatever that standoff ends up looking like. Yeah, I just yeah, I wish we were did. seeing more of Tam, like you know, more well, of her training or more of. So it's been a while. It's been five episodes now. Yeah, it does feel like that. These th- this was a very good filler episode. Kind of no, I wouldn't say move the story forward, but it threw in an extra. Uh, an, an extra story to what's already going on with the uh, inclusion of um, of God, I forgot her name. Um, yeah. Thank you. With the inclusion of her. So it'll be interesting how it goes forward. It really will. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So are we up for a rating? Let's do it, Tom. What would you give this episode? Um, I'm going to give this one a solid seven. I, 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 I liked it for what it was, um, and, and I guess I'm just going to leave it at that. So, the, you see, I'm going to take my seven Womp Rats, and the one thing that you did not know is it really wasn't Kaz who tripped the one that made the um, room spin the way it did. He did trip the one that actually started the room spinning, but it was the Womp Rats that came in that tripped it the second time to make the rest of the floor start start spinning 
to really put the fear of death in everybody. Because you realize the thing was raising, it was them who hit that one to make it start rising. Nice. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, uh, William, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll, I think I will also give this episode um, seven uh, Womp Rats out of ten. Uh, you know, uh, the, these Womp Rats, I, I mean, uh, overall the episode was was fun. I love the concepts it introduced. Uh, I'd love to see, I really want to see more of, like, I wish we had a better picture of what's going on with the, the Colossus, where things are mm-hmm. at, like, or if they had, like, a way we could easily see they were checking off, off items where right now these could still be interchanged. You know, you could swap around the order of all these episodes and no one would really notice. Um, and so I wish we got some more of a sense of progression, more of a sense of what's going on with Tam. But I also love the concepts that were introduced in this episode. So uh, it was it was really fun. Uh, Kaz seems to be getting better. So I'm going to give this... Uh, I'm going to give a seven Womp Rats out of ten. And my seven Womp Rats, they... Um, well, these, these seven Womp Rats were found inside the Sith Temple. And so they have similar properties to a, a relic. And so if you throw the Womp Rats, uh, they go all Ark of the Covenant on uh, whoever, wherever they land. <clears throat> Very nice. Uh, so I think uh, I'm going to go slightly lower. I'll go with a six and a half out of ten Womp Rats. Um, again, solid episode. Um, I just, I'm really waiting for Resistance to get back to the, I guess, more of the stuff that I care about. Um namely the conflict with the First Order and how that's going to be resolved, I guess. Um, but still, like, a solid episode for, you know, what is kind of a filler episode. And I'm curious to see how this gets used in later, you know, not necessarily the Resistance, but in the rest of Star Wars, if where it ties into Rise of Skywalker and so on. Um, <clears throat> and my six and a half Womp Rats are actually going to be, uh, they're going to be Relic Hunters. They're looking for other interesting treasures from the Jedi or the Sith, and we'll, we'll have to see what they find. Very cool. Very cool. Well, with that, uh, we'd like to thank you for listening, as always. Uh, and we will be back next week. Uh, we actually have a full week break this time um, because we have a week to wait for The Mandalorian. Oh, it's such a hard wait. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we'll it back. is. I, yeah, it is. I don't mind the break of from, oh, man, we got another episode, another episode. Go, yes. Go, yeah. go. I like it because we can speculate and we can savor it. Um, but... You know, yes, it's 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 hard to wait, but it's 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 part of the fun, right? You, the waiting is part of the reward at the end. Um, but uh, next week we'll be reviewing The Mandalorian season one, episode three, chapter three, uh, with it, which has no subtitle as of yet. Uh, but we do have a synopsis, and in this episode, the battered Mandalorian returns to his client for reward. Ooh, so it sounds like we might be seeing uh, the client again sooner than expected i wonder if you will turn in the child or not i we'll, guess we'll just have to wait and find out yes we'll also be talking uh a resistance rendezvous point as well so stay tuned for that this has been fun another great episode yep. um thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with our view of chapter three of the mandalorian Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. 
your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.